Good morning, church. Welcome to our devotion this morning. We continue in the book of Ezra, and this morning we're looking at chapter 10, the first half of chapter 10, verses 1 to 17. At this part of the story, there's much drama. There's much despair and weeping and mourning, but there's also much hope. So let's remind ourselves of the story. The exiles have returned from captivity and arrived in Jerusalem. But the people of Israel had not kept themselves separate from the neighbouring people or their practices. They have taken some of their daughters as wives and their sons have mingled the holy race with the peoples around them. Even the leaders and the officials haven't been faithful. So we meet Ezra at the beginning of chapter 10 in prayer, confessing and weeping bitterly. Ezra's prayer is a powerful confession, much like the words we heard in the early chapter, where he said, I am too ashamed and disgraced, my God, to lift up my face to you, because our sins are higher than our heads and our guilt has reached to the heavens. It was in the depth of his heart that brought forth the prayer. Here, weeping and bowing down before the house of God, he prayed this prayer and humbled himself on behalf of the people publicly before a very large assembly of men, women and children. The people themselves were also struck by the conviction of the sin and they understood too the need to confess and repent. They mourned over the sin of the covenant people just as Ezra had done and so they washed that sin in tears. And it's been a constant mark over the centuries of a powerful movement of the Holy Spirit among the people of God that they are convicted of their sin and feel compelled to confess it. It often comes in a time of revival when the Holy Spirit comes in power and makes it possible for the people of God to return to God. And so it's from the people that this call comes to turn away from sin, to make another covenant, an agreement with God, to return to God. It came from Shechaniah, who knew the poverty of their sin. He knew their brokenness was a sign of the work of God's spirit among them. Yet now there is hope in Israel. And Shechaniah knew what was needed, a covenant with God of repentance, because the marriages were unlawful and forbidden by God. This was a strong command, because not only would the wives be put away, but also the children. Shechaniah urged those guilty to, to do what was right and stood beside them in support. There was hope for God to forgive them because they had repentant hearts. And that would be such a drastic move on their part, since some of these people had children by those wives, but they were willing to make a covenant with God that would divorce them and even give up their children. Ezra had already said to let judgment come upon those people who would not obey God's law and he believed this might be enough repentance for their actions. And so Ezra immediately called the people to swear an oath to do according to his word. He began with the leaders because he expected them to make things right with God first. For Ezra this whole catastrophe was if someone had died. And so Ezra observed the kind of fast that Moses did in Exodus. Abstaining from both food and water, he mourned because of the guilt of those 
from the captivity. He mourned because the people had been delivered from exile, but it had come to this. And the only way this would work would be if it involved everyone. Everyone had to swear they would all do this to return to right standing with God. And so it needed a unified response. The whole people were called. Another sign of the Holy Spirit, of course, moving among the people of God, calling them to confess and repent. All the people sat in the open square of the house of God, trembling because of his, this matter and because of the heavy rain. And so the people were willing to give up their normal comforts and to assemble in adverse conditions. Ezra's word to the people was clear and strong. You have transgressed, adding to the guilt of Israel. Now therefore, make confession to the Lord. Do his will, separate yourselves. This was a clear call to both confession and repentance. Ezra had a great authority by the Persian king. He now used that authority to speak to the people about what they must do. He was speaking to them as a spiritual leader when he told them of their transgressions. We might even say that their confession would be vain without repentance because a decision to turn away from sin is vital to be called the people of God. We might think perhaps that the idea of repentance is a thing that happens at the start of a spiritual life and that it ends there. But repentance lives as long as faith does, as long as life does, and it's lifelong. And in Jesus, we always have another chance to live as he calls us to live. That's the beauty of our relationship with God in Jesus. He loves us always, even when it feels like we're far away. But the thing is, the love of God is always closer than we think. And God's mercies endure forever. So the God who loves us without measure and Jesus, whose love for us led to the cross, will always call us home to him. And that's through the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Even when it feels like we're so far away from God, there's always a way back in Jesus. And that's what we give thanks for this day. Amen.